the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Because the presence of the believer in a household also means the presence of God is in that household, then there are blessings that the household shares because of that presence of that one believer. Man, grace is certainly potent, isn't it? Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely as we continue our journey through 1 Corinthians. Pastor Leighton has us in Chapter 7 today as we focus in on issues surrounding marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What happens when we find ourselves married to somebody who is not a Christian? Say neither one of us were Christians when we got married and one of us became a Christian. Or maybe one of us as a Christian married somebody against God's design who wasn't. Today we'll focus in on answers to those questions. Here's Pastor Layton with today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. You want to find the right person, then ask God to transform you and make you into the right person. And if you're the right person and God has done the work in the other person's life, then he will bring you together with the right person. And while you are waiting for God to make you the right person and to prepare the other person and bring you together, it's good for you to be active in ministry and avoid needless exposure to temptation. And God will provide you the strength to make it through that period of time because God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you might be able to endure it. Scriptures say is if we fail, it's not God's fault. It's our fault. And if we fail, then the next question is, well, what do we do? Well, what we do is we repent. That means that we turn away from sin and we turn back to God and we discontinue that behavior of sin. And we ask God to forgive us and to cleanse us and to lead us into a path of righteousness. Now, having uh, given instructions on this, now Paul turns his attention to answering questions concerning a Christian who is married to another Christian. To the married, I give this charge, not I but the Lord, that the wife should not separate from her husband, but if she does, she should remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband, and the husband should not divorce his wife. Now, as mentioned last week, there is at least four types of marriage that were recognized in the Roman Empire, and what Paul uh, says here covers all four forms. If they were married, it didn't matter how they were married, they were married. And Paul immediately directs attention to this instruction that it originated with Jesus himself. Uh, Jesus quoted Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. He also added, What God has joined together, let no man separate. Uh, In answer to the disciples' question of Matthew chapter 19, Jesus explained that God allowed Moses to permit divorce only because of people's hardness of heart, and it was permissible in the case of adultery. God also declared in the last book of the Old Testament, I hate divorce, Malachi 2.16. Now, why is it that God hates divorce? Well, it's because divorce is contrary to God's very nature. God is a God who keeps His promises and keeps his commitments. 
And we, leave, we now live in an era when many people will break their promises and break their commitments and easily walk away from another person with whom they've become displeased and never look back. And we as people oftentimes do things that displease God, but God has promised to never leave us nor forsake us, and He always keeps His promises. Aren't you glad about that? Uh, you and I are part of the church. The church is described as the bride of Christ. Aren't you glad that God hates divorce? He's not going to divorce His church. Now, God does allow for divorce under certain circumstances, such as providing comfort to the innocent party in the case of unrepentant adultery, but that was not the situation described here. Paul writes, the wife should not leave her husband, and the husband should not send his wife away. The terms leave, chorizo, and send away, if he emmy, in this context mean divorce, and such action is forbidden. It is forbidden for a Christian husband to divorce his Christian wife and vice versa. Now, for whatever reason, some believers may have asked Paul if uh, two Christians can divorce and remarry. And Paul says in this regard, if she does leave, let her remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. So if perchance, for whatever reason, it might be financial um, separation for the protection of assets, for the inheritance of the kids, or for whatever reason, a divorce does take place between two people who call themselves a Christian, then neither is uh, free to marry someone else. They must either remain unmarried or they need to be reconciled to their former mate. Paul then turns his attention to Christians who are married to non-Christians. Verse 12, To the rest I say, I not the Lord, that if any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever and she consents to live with him, he should not divorce her. If any woman has a husband who is an unbeliever and he consents to live with her, she should not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife, and the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. But as it is, they are holy. Now, in a moment, Paul is going to address the question about a believer being married to an unbeliever who desires to leave. But first, he clarifies the path for believers who are married to unbelievers who want to stay married. Now, some believers come straight out of pagan worship. And as a result, uh, their lifestyle, their goals, their values, their pleasures, their form, uh, forms of entertainment have all been transformed by the work of God's Holy Spirit in their lives. However, if their spouse has not also come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and been filled by the Holy Spirit at the same time, then friction can result. Uh, it happens even today. There are unbelieving spouses who resent Christ, resent Christianity, resent the church because their partner in sin is no longer a partner. I can remember a, a man complaining that since his wife got Christ and started attending church, she no longer accompanies him to parties to get wasted and drunk. And he resents the church for having, you know, had some influence on his wife that, that took her away from him. New believers want to live pure lives, but their unbelieving spouses are continually bringing home unholy influences. And in light of what Paul has taught concerning believers being a temple of the Holy Spirit, some Corinthian Christians were concerned as to whether or not continuing in a marital union in a marriage with an unbeliever might be similar to joining Jesus with Satan or defiling the believer and the children dishonoring the Lord. So what should Christians do who are already married to unbelievers, possibly even those who are immoral and idolatrous? Were they free to divorce and then remarry perhaps another Christian um, 
Those are honest questions. So Jesus had not taught specifically about this issue. So Paul says, to the rest say I, not the Lord. Now, some people would say, well, this is just an acknowledgement that Paul is giving his personal opinion, and therefore it doesn't have the weight of, of the Word of God. Remember that Paul is an apostle. An apostle is someone who is sent forth and represents the one that sent them forth. Uh, the Sanhedrin sent forth apostles. It was, although we consider the word apostle to be only associated with the twelve disciples of Jesus Christ, it was a common title in the time of Christ. It, uh, an apostle, one who was sent forth, say, from the Sanhedrin, and when they spoke, they spoke on behalf of the Sanhedrin with the authority of the Sanhedrin, and the Sanhedrin was responsible for supporting whatever their apostle said. And that's why they were very particular and selective about who they sent forth as an apostle. Apostle Paul is speaking as an apostle. He is speaking with the authority of Christ. What he's saying here is that Jesus, the the Bible hadn't given a clear instruction regarding this matter. If any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever and she consents to live with him, he should not divorce her. If anyone has a husband who uh, who is an unbeliever and he consents to live with her, she should not divorce him. Um, believers don't have to worry that their holiness has been compromised by an unbelieving spouse. In fact, it's the other way around. Um, The spouse and children are sanctified by one believer. Now, the word sanctified is not a reference to the assurance of salvation because salvation is a personal decision. And that's a point that Paul will drive home here in a few verses. Um, But rather that because the presence of the believer in a household also means the presence of God is in that household, then there are blessings that the household shares because of that presence of that one believer. One of those benefits might be the fact that God withholds His wrath. There might be things going on inside of a household that deserve the wrath of God, but because there's one believer present in that house, that God's wrath is withheld. Remember the story of Sodom and God telling Abraham that he was going to destroy the city because of the sin within it. And Abraham negotiated with God, if they could just find ten righteous people in the city, would you spare the city? And God said that He would. And the reason that Sodom was destroyed is because in that huge city, they couldn't even find ten righteous people. Because of the presence of a righteous person, sometimes the wrath of God can be withheld, and that would also be true in a home as well. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. If both parents uh, are unbelievers, then children are unclean, but with the presence of just one believer, a parent, the children are considered clean. Um, Because God looks on the family as a unit. Finally, Paul turns his attention to believers who are married to an unbeliever who wants to divorce. If the unbelieving partner separates, let it be so. That's a command, by the way. In such cases, the brother or sister is not enslaved. God has called you to peace, for how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband, or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? If the unbelieving spouse wants to leave, let that person leave. Paul writes elsewhere, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. But when there is a believer and an unbeliever in the same household, and the unbeliever is rejecting Christ, then there can be no peace, and God has called you to peace. In such a case, then, let them leave. And that is a command. Why did Paul command that, in that case, a believer should let the unbeliever go? The reason is, is because many believers have the best of intentions for the person they're married with. And they think, if I just hang on to this marriage long enough, my spouse will see the light. But 
when the spouse is rejecting the believer, really they're not rejecting the believer, they're rejecting Christ in the believer. They're rejecting Christ, and sometimes it's, it's just a matter of not being a source of bringing light to that unbeliever, it's bringing additional contention and hardening their heart. In such cases, the brother or sister is not enslaved. In some translations, the word is used bondage or bound. It's a reference to marriage. So in other words, if a Christian is married to a non-Christian who wants to leave, let them go. And if they decide to go, then the Christian is no longer bound to marriage. They are now free to remarry. And we are now out of time, but I hope that that is clear on what Paul's teaching is concerning this passage today. Amen. Amen. And this has been Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely as we explored 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Marriage, Divorce, and Remarriage. Well, obviously, we're not going to answer every question that comes down the pike with today's study. But we do have other resource materials available that you might want to take advantage of. You can find out about us, Church of the Highlands, here in San Bruno by visiting our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Well, we've gone through an amazing week in 1 Corinthians. Next week, we'll pick it up where we left off in chapter 8. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday for Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.